0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, you're listening to Good Things, the show where we talk to good people who are doing good things. I'm Dashran Johan. Salih Sapas is a refugee from Afghanistan. He came to Malaysia with his wife and children a few years ago after being targeted and blacklisted by the Taliban. When he arrived on Malaysian shores, he had no money and couldn't speak Basa Malaysia or English. Not only that, Malaysian laws do not provide refugees the necessary support they need. Yet, Saleh pushed through and persevered. He went on to start a refugee-led theatre company called Parastu Theatre, which provided a platform and avenue for hundreds of refugees in Malaysia. The great news is, recently, Saleh's application to be resettled to the United States was approved. In fact, right now, the man and his lovely family are already in the United States, looking forward to starting their new life. I got a chance to speak to Saleh last week, before his flight to the United States. So this is our conversation. Welcome back to the show, Saleh. I just want to first say congratulations on getting resettled in the US. I mean, it brings me so much joy just to say that. It's such a huge moment for you and your family. How is everyone feeling? How are you and your family doing?
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's also very good news for myself and for my family, especially for my children, because we will go to our new home. And also we miss for Malaysia as well. And we we are very excited. And I'm very happy because of the future of my children. They have the same right like others. So they can go to school, they can do anything they want, we want. So that's why new home is really, really important for every refugee.
0: And we will talk more about that um, as we go um, later in the conversation. But now I want to start by, you know, um, just recapping your entire journey, right? Uh, you're a refugee from Afghanistan. How old were you when you left your country? Why did you leave? I think it was 33
1: or 34 in 2016, I, I I came to Malaysia. I was not so old, not so young. <laughs> <laughs> so why I leave my country? You know the situation of Afghanistan is more than 43 years war, and war is for nothing in Afghanistan. For nothing. No, no have meaning. No goal. Just uh, many people, millions of people. They growing up in war. That's why they. Love to continue the war, uh, and also we have very bad government. That's why they they couldn't stop the war in Afghanistan. Is uh, every every government is they come, they are corruption, even that the president, and uh, that's why the gun party is come and control the situation, and they treat, and they arrest, and they they kill the people, especially the civil society, the women, the journalists, the writers, and the professor of university. Afghanistan is not safe for millions of people. For example, I support the democracy. Some gun party they don't like my work. Then, because the government don't have control to the situation, then the gun the gun party they can target the person. So my story is like that. Uh, I work with the Afghan media and support the community about education, democracy, human rights and something election something like that but the gun party especially the taliban regime they targeted me and they wrote mine uh, put my name in blacklist and they tried to find me in 2016 and before that also i received some warning letter by taliban and but in 2016 it was really really serious and dangerous that's why suddenly i leave my country actually i didn't have any plan to come to malaysia okay just i ran away from my country I came for one month in New Delhi.
0: Mm.
1: On that time, the Taliban, they attacked my house. So I had planned to go back to my country. But when they attacked, after that, I changed my decision. On that time in India, I asked, what is the next option for me? I cannot go back, I cannot go back to Afghanistan. <clears throat> so some people guide me in, in, in India. They told, okay, you can go to Malaysia. It's very close. And uh, in office they can support, they can, uh, yeah, do the process of uh, refugee states in Malaysia, and I didn't have any knowledge and information about Malaysia. I thought, okay, that's good, we can go to uh, Malaysia. I didn't know about uh, that uh, the Malaysian government didn't sign the Refugee Convention. Right. When I came to Malaysia, then people told me, oh, we cannot work here. (laughs)
0: Now, you didn't just come alone. Um, you have a family with you. You have a wife and children. Um, what happened once you arrived here? And what was going through your mind? Because I, I'm assuming if you're single, for example, if you're unmarried, the thought, the mindset, maybe it's a bit different. Yes. When you have a family, it, it's a bit different, right? Could, could you tell me what was going through your mind that, uh, throughout that period? Yeah.
1: So, when we come out from the... Uh, Airport So the first thing surprised me. It was the weather of Malaysia (laughs) (laughs) Then when I have a very modern picture about Malaysia because Malaysia is very modern and very very nice country very beautiful But our place our first place in Malaysia. It was really really bad Mm. so that place changed my mind about Malaysia and uh, Thanks God I leave soon after six months at that place in Taman Kosas, Bandarboro, uh, on that time, I did, I, I finished my money. My, my pocket was empty. I didn't have money. I didn't have job. I didn't have ride, And I have children and I need some money to rent the house, but I didn't have. So it was a really difficult situation. And five people, we stayed on the one small and dark room, didn't have fan, didn't have aircon. And, uh, didn't have carpet, mattress, nothing, nothing. And I spent six months like that with my, with my family. It, re- it was really, really difficult. On that time, I couldn't speak English as well. And I applied job for restaurant and restaurant on the building for cleaning. I couldn't find job. I couldn't mm-hmm. find job. Then mentally, I wasn't really in bad condition. My, my wife as well, my children as well. And sometimes they ask, Father, I'm hungry, please. I want food. We didn't have food. I didn't have food, I gave water. And it was like that. <clears throat> After that, I thought I should do something. If I don't do something, I'm dying. My family is dying. We mm-hmm. lost a life. So that's why I created paraso Theater. At the beginning, paraso was for myself and my family.
0: Right before we get into that right because I think that's a very interesting story. Um, how did you find? community here because that's important right um you said you at that point. now you're speaking fantastic english we're having a conversation but at that time you said you, you you know you were not very fluent in english and how did you find community how did you build your network how did you survive your day-to-day when it comes to you know going to the shop buying things groceries and and how did your family survive when y'all didn't have that 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 sort of finances and and things, things like that
1: Yes, one agent, uh, he is Afghan, and uh, he helped us and bring uh, from airport in Ampang Point.
0: So this is a UNHCR agent?
1: No, no, no. It was like a personal agent. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're working on the visa. And he told, if you don't have money, it's better you go to the, the some place like very cheap. Right. I asked, where is the cheap place? Uh, he told me, Taman Kusas is the Astoria apartment and asked uh, something like that. You can go." And he helped me and uh, he dropped me in the Taman Kosos. So on that place, it was a lot of Afghan family. And uh, then when I met the Afghan community in Taman Kosos in Bandarboro, most of them hopeless. Hmm. They had depression, they had a mental health problem. When I saw them, I was scared, oh my God, hmm. what's happening to these people? But after uh, one or two months, I was also the same the same condition like them. Right, and uh, so when I share my idea with Afghan people, they say, "Oh, you cannot! It's no have right to work. You cannot do anything. The all doors close. You cannot do. You cannot create opportunity. You, it's not possible. You do. You want to do these things? No, 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 cannot, cannot. So they didn't motivate me. They they are all in isolation they thought and they believe we cannot do anything right but slowly slowly yes um about the groceries some families sometimes they help us we didn't have money to buy the grocery at that time right just a, a man two times we uh went for shopping like with 100 or 200 ringgit uh yeah it was very difficult situation for me and but the shop was very close it was not very difficult my wife uh also she can speak english on the time
0: how, how did you learn english
1: i didn't go to class okay. i didn't go to class i didn't had any teachers i remember in in kabul and bbc radio when i work with bbc they bring a professional teacher english teacher and told this is your teacher please learn english i told i know the english <laughs> I have job, I have good salary, everything is amazing. Why I learn English? <laughs> <laughs> but when I came to Malaysia, it was every time these things is, come to my mind. I'm thinking, oh, I lost opportunity in Afghanistan. But during the performance show, Parastro uh, performance, and when I talk to my Malaysian friend, so I learn English.
0: So let's talk about Paris 2 Theatre because it is a fantastic initiative that you started. Tell me about why you decided to start it. Because you sort of gave a, a, a background. You said um, you and your family were going through you know, the, the biggest of challenges, right? Um, and then you look around you and you see your community, people in your community, they are suffering. They're going through depression. They have, They don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. How yes. did you see the light at the end of the tunnel? And why was this your idea? Why Paris to Theatre?
1: Yeah, uh, on the first time, the first month and second month, when I, I asked support uh, from others, from Afghan community and non-refugee, I didn't receive any response. I didn't receive. So on that time, I believe, oh, here, no one can help you. So I must help myself. Right. I need tools. I need a platform without platform, without system and, and plan. I cannot support myself as well. So that's why I, I went to my scale. I'm, I'm thinking about my, my January, about my experience. Then, oh, okay. I studied in uh, faculty of finance in Kabul University and also my teacher trained me in 2010 and 12. So I have this scale. I cannot work in Malaysian media. It's difficult for me as a refugee, but I can make happy myself by, by theater. And also when I see, I saw the other refugee in during my uh, community, African community, all sad, all hopeless. I told this platform can, can, uh, can support myself, my family and my community. That's why I created Parasol Theater and, uh, at the beginning I sent my proposal to some NGO, they didn't respond as well because they didn't believe the refugee talent. Hmm. They told, oh, we never see seen any powerful talent by refugee. So maybe it's like a joke. No one support me. and um, but I didn't stop. I didn't stop and I tried, try, I pushed myself and I remember I had meeting in Ampang Point. It's far. I think it's 35 minutes from Tamanco sauce. I didn't have money even my, for my transportation. So I walked. I walked. It's, uh, it was more than 35 minutes. I walked and came to, uh, my meeting. So it's uh, one, one example. I worked really hard for Paris too. And when I performed the first show, then I saw the impact, the audience right. surprised and they believe slowly, slowly. Oh, refugee also like others. They have talent. They have skills. They are, they can do something positively. Uh, yes, it was really fantastic story for me as well. The January of Paris when I'm thinking from the beginning until now. And I'm very happy for Paris.
0: Though. How did you then get people to start believing in you? Because e- eventually you reached a point where you did put your first show. How do you get to that point? Because you need actors, you need people to believe yeah, in you, bones. you need people to believe yeah. in your vision, um, you need support from the local Malaysians as well. Actually, on that time, no one support me. Huh. So the the main thing
1: motivated me, my challenge. Right. My, 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 my life problem. This life problem and my life challenge motivated me to do something, to bring change in my life, to bring light in my life. It was not easy. It was not easy. But according to my experience, uh, especially the theater of the oppressed, so we have role, we have potential, we have power to change our situation. We have power to do something for ourselves. I believe this, this words this sentence. That's why I didn't stop my trying. And uh, yes, it was really, really difficult. When I asked community, Afghan community, please come, this is art, and this is theater, this is opportunity for all of us. But no one joined. After three months, just six Afghan refugees, they joined with zero experience. They asked me what what we can do and how we can act. But now, one of them is really professional actor, and he also acting with Malaysian Film Company. I remember That's in brilliant. 2017 he asked me, what should I do? What is theater? Can uh, I go to a stage and do something? I said, yes, can. But now he is a professional actor. And uh, this is also one example. On the back scene, no one do not know. I'm really, really working very hard, but I don't show, I don't say about that because I feel this is my responsibility. I, I, I just do for myself. I don't need to show. What I want to show, that will be on stage.
0: On the show with me today is Saleh Sepas, founder of Paris Two Theatre. We continue our conversation after the break. Keep it here on Good Things, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Good Things. I'm Darshan Johan and on the show with me today is Saleh Sepas, founder of Paris Two Theatre. So, Saleh, what was the sentiment and feeling um, of your first show? Um, you know, putting together your first show, um, at that point, did you start to get um, support from local NGOs? And when people, whether it's yourself, your family, people in your community, when they watched that first show that Paris 2 Theatre put out, yeah. where was it and what was the response like? What was the yeah. feeling?
1: The first show Parasto performed, it was in 2000, June 2017, okay. uh, in uh, World Refugee Day, Refugee Festival. Refugee Festival is uh, cre- created by uh, Mahi. She is the founder of Refugee Festival. And uh, another NGO we call Gutanya Malaysia, she registered the first performance of Parasto to the Refugee Festival. And uh, my friend, uh, from U.S., uh, Mr. Victor also, he come to KL and support me. So we had a lot of challenge because we didn't know this, the, the language of show is Persian, but our audience is, uh, Malaysian and, um, and, uh, international audience. How we can connect the show with audience? So we thought about the subtitle. This is really, really technical work. A lot of, have a lot of details. And at the beginning, it was really basic. Uh, and we used the slide for subtitle and for language issue. Uh, when I performed the first show we call The Better Taste of History, it was my pain. I show my pain for audience. And this pain is come from my body <laughs> uh, attached to the body of the audience. And they feel that pain. Right. Yeah, I remember the audience surprised and uh, and a lot of audience like cry and they told me it's unbelievable. We didn't see this kind of talent by refugee. And after the first show, I thought, oh, this platform really can works and can support the refugee. So then I continue and many people contacted me and they love Pariso so talent and uh, so about the budget the panting? My teacher from U from U.S. Her name is Kaihan, and she did uh, fundraising by online platform and lunch good, so she collected uh, eighteen thousand ringgit and she transferred to the uh, Malaysian NGO. Mm-hmm. Then I use for uh, production.
0: How much has Paris 2 Theatre grown since then? Because you said at one point you couldn't convince anyone and then you managed to get six people who came in and said, okay, what can I do? Um, yeah. You know, it's been five years, six years now. Um, how much has Paris 2 Theatre grown?
1: Paris 2 Theatre is growing a lot. It's really a lot. Uh, yeah, it was example because uh, after three months, six refugees join. But uh, this year for Red Soil of Kabul, we call for addition and one day 50, 50 refugees joined from Afghan community. Wow. Then we closed the addition. Maybe more than 100 registered in three days. <laughs> so the first thing we bring change in refugee community is refugee community that believe the power of art. The second change they believe themselves. Oh, we we are human. Refugee is not our title. We can do something for ourselves. The third change, the host community. They believe the refugee talent. The fourth thing, this platform, this kind of art can art therapy the oppressed people like refugee. The uh, the last thing is like little bit income. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is really, really important is we create opportunity, like um, connecting the, this community with that community, refugee community with local community. They become friends and they work together. So, Resil-Cobre is a big example. And also, we try to remove the gap between the communities. And also, the xenophobia is growing every day in Malaysia because uh, many people they receive fake news about refugee and I thinking refugee are challenged in Malaysia but we show we are not challenged we are opportunity we, we love you we respect your culture we if we become a united we are more powerful and slowly slowly thousands and thousands of people they believe these things
0: You mentioned xenophobia. I I think that's one of the biggest, one of the many challenges that refugees um, face in Malaysia. Um, Could you talk to me about some of the the sort of xenophobia that you have experienced, or your family has experienced, or people in your community have experienced?
1: Yeah, this is really, really a big challenge, and this uh, make more problem, more challenge for refugee because. um, Many people, I told this, they receive fake news on social media, and they thinking this is true, and uh, they have negative picture about refugees. And my personal uh, experience, I didn't have any bad experience on xenophobia, just uh, it was sometime police arrested me. Because of my refugee estates, I paid money, that's all. Uh, but I heard in other condominium in Ampang, many refugees, they beat by non-refugee because they know they are refugee and um, they annoyed and they use very bad words. But uh, in Rohingya community, you can you can see a lot of xenophobia. A lot. The old xenophobia, I think, is coming from misunderstanding.
0: So. Could you share one of the happiest or fondest memory you have of Parasto Theatre?
1: It was last year actually. Okay. When Parasto and Innocent Cafe Theater Company had a good collaboration we call and then come spring. So many people thought refugee and local cannot make collaboration professionally. But when we did we changed the mind of the audience and they told this is possible. Hmm. And one of the audience, uh, I cannot forget that she, he bring her, her wife. Her wife didn't like the refugee, oh. but he, he bought ticket for her as well. When she watched the show on the lobby after show, she cried and hugged me uh, uh, and told, this is my January about refugee. I didn't like refugee, but now, this show changed my mind, actually her mind. And she asked me, what can I do for refugee?" I told, please find like eight refugee kids and send them and support them to the to school. But she did. And every month she updated me. I told, you no need to update me. You do for yourself these things, these good things. And, uh, and also the other uh, good things about Paris though. Mm. When we say, other company, theater company, they is scared say my actors is they are new, they don't have experience, they they are not professional. But we don't scare. We say our actors they are new, they don't have experience, they are refugee. Uh, me, but the 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 basic picture, the first picture that our audience have about the refugee actors, oh maybe it's very basic, is not have power, is there they don't act professionally. But when we perform, the audience shocked. When I see that, uh, I mean, the, the response of audience make me very, very happy. This is the best thing that I, I saw from, the, actually the audience gave me, as a gift, these things.
0: Really, that's absolutely yeah, wonderful. and
1: without, without the audience, Parasso is nothing. I love mm. the audience. I love Malaysian audience. So kind, so friendly, and so amazing.
0: So, what's next for Paris 2 Theatre? Because you are going to be uh, moving to the US. We will talk about that in just a second. Um, like I said, very exciting for you. But what about Paris 2 Theatre? Um, you know, what next for it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're leaving. Um, um, what plans do you have for Paris 2?
1: Paris 2 will continue all activity. The new leadership of Paris 2, Farzana Akhtar, she is the director of Paris 2 in Malaysia. Also, I will work with here from us i support her because we have so many projects right now we have a project about a mental health workshop we call to workshop training theater training and creative writing classes and uh, english classes and other projects uh, coming from uh, uh rotary club Look at and Rice. And we have so many projects. We, we don't stop the project of uh, Parasto. And the actors of Red Soil of Kabul told this is not at the end. Uh, end of end for us. They will continue. They find themselves after the show. They, they find and oh, I'm actor, I'm artist. <laughs> but before that, they didn't have this, this belief. But now they have belief. So we cannot close the paraso activity, and my Malaysian friend also they told we will support Parasto, We will support uh, They will support Farzana, and we work normally. It's, uh, yeah, we don't stop the paraso yes. activity because refugee need it. Refugee, uh, we need to work more uh, for refugee community and for
0: others. Absolutely. So, Saleh, your application for resettlement has recently been approved. Could you explain, for the benefit of those who may not know, what exactly did you apply for? Why did you apply to resettle in another country? Why the United States? Tell us a little bit about that. Actually, this
1: is the uh, the process of refugee states' plus resettlement. This is re- really, really long process. This is not under uh, refugee control. UNHCR, IOM, they doing the process. So when I apply as a refugee for my refugee states, uh, the, the UNHCR gave my, gave the refugee cards for me. They told, yes, you are refugee because, uh, life was not safe for me and my country. And then the next process for resentment is, uh, with, uh, IOM. Mm. IOM is doing, yeah. So this is a, a huge gap between uh, refugee states and resettlement. Like uh, I got my card, refugee card in 2018. Now we are in 2023. A huge uh, space between uh, refugee states and resettlement. And the, the pandemic also infected the pro, this pro, uh, process, the resettlement process. So I didn't, I cannot say, oh, I will go to that country. No. The IOM and UNHCR send our case to the, uh, the countries like Australia, like New Zealand, like US and other countries. They will choose who can go to which country. Uh, it was, I think, few months ago, the IOM uh, told, uh, told me they will write my name in uh, for U.S. resentment. I told that's fine, that's okay. I, I'm happy for that. Just, I need my basic rights as a human. And uh, also, I was worried about my children education future. So when we go to U.S., I'm not worried about that. And U.S., my new home, I didn't uh, choose U.S. The IOM and uh, UNSCR, they requested, are you okay? If we do the process of resettlement for you to US, I said yes.
0: What are you expecting? Because this is a whole new world for you. In a whole, it's a completely different country. You've been in Malaysia for a few years. You've gotten used to it. Now you're going to the US. Um, what are you most excited about? And what are you perhaps anxious about?
1: I mean, I'm really happy and excited because I feel, oh, I find finally my new home i really really want to know about the us culture i know this is really really rich culture and this is the really powerful uh, country i must arrange my life my situation uh, uh, according the us culture and law i will do that and uh, also i have planned. To create and open the new branch of parasol in US. Wow. Yes. Because I have some friends in US and they also work theater and they are trainer and very close, my my close friends, I can work with them and create a new branch of Parasol in the US. And that means we work in uh international level. If yeah. I create the new Paraso in US, we connect that parasol with Malaysian parastor with us in Malaysia. So, yeah, I'm sure we can work better than before.
0: Absolutely. And one day, Saleh, I must see you and your actors on Broadway.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I try my best.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, Saleh. Um, you know, before I let you go, uh, before we wrap this conversation up, I uh, just want to say I'm really, really happy for you and your family. Um, good luck in the US. Um, we wish you all the best. We wish your family all the best. Would you have a final message for us?
1: Thank you so much uh my final message is for my malaysian parents. i love you so much thank you so much i appreciate what you did and you and what you are doing for parasito and for refugee this is really really respectful for me without you parasito is nothing and uh, i have very very good mem- memories uh, from malaysian uh, friends I love the Malaysian culture. I love Malaysian food. The Malaysian memories always with me. I cannot forget. I really love this country and hope to
0: see you soon again. And on that note, Saleh, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Salih Sapas, founder of Paris 2 Theatre. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Darshan Johan, and this has been Good Things, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.